When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic hit a six. Our own special guest Chris Sutton loves his cricket, but the six that was hit was knocked out of the park by Celtic as they got their Champions League campaign underway with a comfortable victory over KR Reykjavik. Neil and his team returned from their short layoff caused by the folly of the bolly ball and golly jolly. The route the Icelandic team have progressed to the next stage. So, on the podcast this week, we'll discuss that comeback success, the performances within it, and the situation going forward as Celtic now look ahead to a return to domestic business at Tanadice on Saturday when they head north to face Dundee United. Record Sports' very own former Celtic hero, Chris Sutton, has the pads on to open the batting. And joining him at the crease is Record Sports' very own non-former Celtic hero, Michael Gann. Lads, I've absolutely no idea what's going on with these cricket puns, so I'm going to need you to help me out. Uh, Michael, Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm slightly stunned listening to all that garbage you just spilled off there about cricket. You know nothing about cricket up there. He's on a sticky wicket, Chris. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know balls there, Swanee. And the umpire just raised his finger and sent Michael back to the dressing room already. Straight back to the pavilion. Pavilion, right. yeah, not dressing room. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right, let's stick, let's stick to what we know. Celtic back to business on Tuesday night against KR Reykjavik, first round of the Champions League. And Chris, it was a comfortable win. Um, a lot of people expected that to be the case. What did you make of the performance? Um, I, I'm not one to get too excited. I thought it was, no, you it was extremely <laughs> comfortable. Uh, look, I mean, you never know with the, these type of games. We spoke about the importance of home advantage. I uh, I thought Celtic were very, very good, but that's not uh, not to say that Reykjavik were were absolutely hopeless. That. What what I did expect from uh, from Reykjavik is their fitness levels to be up there and to match Celtic in that respect, and they certainly didn't do that. But it, it's it's quite a dangerous game that for Celtic in many respects um, because it was the same against Hamilton in the fact that it was an easy victory, very comfortable victory. They knocked the ball around well, they played some nice stuff, but under no real pressure. And then all of a sudden, come next Wednesday, uh, that'll be Joe Gardens or Ferenc Varos, um, and it will be a much tougher test where they may not get the time on the ball, and uh, it, you know they'll be put under under far more pressure. And, and even the game at the weekend um, up at Tannadice, Dundee United, you know they'll have a tougher test there. So. It's one of those. It's it's a it's a big tick. It's a well played, but uh, but Celtic don't want to sort of be in a position where they're coasting and taking things a little bit too easy. And then a Champions League qualifier comes around and uh, and and they're just off the pace for twenty minutes. Michael, Chris is obviously correct on that score. Um, but if, in terms of old adages, 
hiding to nothing would would, would fit the bill for what Celtic faced on Tuesday night. They really is is it fair to say they couldn't really have done any more? No, listen, I think it was job done. Um listen, this first qualifying round is about as close to a friendly match as you can get. Yeah, no, listen, I know that you people are saying it's sticky and all that stuff and it's it's tough, but, well, but it's well, what about Red Imps, Mike? Well that, listen, Red Imps was a was a freak result. That was the, that night, freak results freak. happen, Mike. They do, I do. They do, but well, no, don't, Chris. Because looking back, in the last since this Champions Route came in, Celtic have won five nil, five nil, six nil, six nil, five two, three one against Red Imps, five nil and six. You can have, uh, five you, can, you can have all your lists of so, prep, Mick, but in a well, one-off game, in a one-off game, it makes it different this season. Well, well, look at, well, was it did the only one play strongest team last night? Well, he did. Well, what's your point? But sorry, they used it as a friendly. Played Beaton at centre half to give him game time. He played. He hammered back in the team to give him game time. Made changes it, in the second half. To it was de- debut a guy on the beach last yeah, but they were well up by friend. then. It was it was an extremely yeah. strong team, Mick. Listen, I think that should be spot on. I think they started great. Which got the, they set the foundation to make it a very easy night. I think the start was key. I think getting that early goal completely ended the tie within five minutes. And I think I used it as an exercise to get fitness back after ten days of inactivity. Early in the season, it was job done. On to greater challenges next week. I think that's well, the way it's viewed. Well, Sorry, can I just say, if, if I was a Celtic player who played last night and I played in these games, and, and you win comfortably, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be getting excited. I I would be thinking, you know, we 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 really need to be careful here. We really need to be switched on and 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 forget about that. That was that was too easy. We need to be at it in terms of our intensity every week and in fairness over the last few seasons the likes of Brown and Forrest and McGregor have, have dragged the, the team through and they've had a good attitude but still doesn't detract that you know this is a, a new season and there'll be dangerous games to come well we're off to a flyer if anyone heard Gordon Strachan and John Hartson going at each other on the TV on Tuesday night you two make them sound like Jack and Victor yeah. What, what, a, what a petty argument that was as well, wasn't it? They were both wrong. Because he, he can, he can who, who cares whether he's better as a nine or as a tell ten? Us, or tell as us a why nine they were both wrong, Chris. Tell us why they well, were both wrong. Because, he, because he's good all round. He can play both positions and he can play both positions extremely well. That's what makes him such a valuable asset. So who cares? Why, why pigeonhole him? He's a nine or he's a ten. You don't have to do that. You can just hold your hand up and say he's a brilliant all-round footballer, just as Henrik Larsson was. You know, you, you wouldn't be having arguments about you know, Henrik Larsson, what was his best position. He could play in all positions and play them all well. So is that not an asset? Why have an argument over that? Uh, Michael, I, I, I don't disagree. Uh-huh. I think, um, I don't think, I don't think you can, I don't think you can, I hate, I, listen, I hate this modern Think way of um, pigeonhole players with numbers. Oh, he's a mm. six, eight, he's a ten, he's a seven. I'm a Brendan Rodgers talking about seven and a half and eleven and a half. My head nearly exploded. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's an attack. He's an attacker. It's a bit he's like a good I, player, think, yeah. I think. I think it's a bit like. I think you look at his game. It reminds me a wee bit. Of, so I'm not saying he's at the same level, but see the role that see like Terry Henry he used to play up front and he would drift at that kind of outside the left kind of area and face the goals. And I think he, that's. I think obviously maybe he's looked at that. He can do that. He can drop deep. He can spin. He can play his face to go or back. A modern strikers do that, Michael. Don't they? Modern yeah. strikers do that. They don't. They don't just hover around the box. Now that's not what they do. No, they, they but I, I think he's really genius. He drops it that wee, that can, wee can, I, can I? Can I just stop you there? With the with the modern strikers do that. 
Were there not well, strikers does. years ago who, well, who, who were adaptable? Well, Terry O'Neill's 20 years ago, and that's what I've mentioned there. I think he plays yeah. that kind of role. Yeah, um, but all this, all this modern stuff. Yeah, I think that was, Chris. Was, I think the, I think the majority you know, of them played in twos, didn't they? You, like, in, yeah, but, but back in your day, they played in twos, so one, I, one, what, one what would come out your day? at times. What your do you day, mean your day? Back when the reels, back when the games were being shot by reel. And and do you think do you think that back in my day, uh, the ancient days, that yeah. players didn't drop into the hole and get on the half turn and slide passes? I mean, come on, what's happened to this pod? <laughs> Modern football. Wow, well, you don't you don't see as many out and out number nines these days, do you, Chris? Um, but but players are still intelligent, or players are intelligent. Odson Edwards is, is intelligent. That is the whole. You know him, do you? He he can play. He can play up against centre centre backs. He can hold the ball in. He can run a channel. He can drop in. He can see a pass. He can slide a pass. Why do we have these stupid arguments about whether he's a a nine or a ten? Is the argument just not, or there is no argument? He's just a good all-round footballer, which is why Celtic value him so high and we all value him so high. Those Full are comments. Stop. Those are comments which could also apply, I suppose, to Mohamed El Yunusi. Um people aren't sure whether he whether he's better as a ten, whether he plays left, whether he plays up. Yeah, he <laughs> do you think? He's a very modern he's a very modern player Swanny. I was just gonna say though. That's the thing. That comes back to Chris's point and your point, Michael, that he's he's just an attacking player. He can play anywhere across the front half, you know that that side of the pitch, and, and be dangerous and have an effect. And I know he wasn't up against much on Tuesday night, but were there signs from him that he's getting to top speed already? Having needed a few games last season to get to get going into his full flow. Is that for me or for Mick? I thought that was for Mick. I just oh, threw it up in the air for anyone. I thought it was for the, for the for the modern journalist. I thought you liked attacking the ball. I thought you liked attacking the ball, Chris. Yeah, look, I think he. I'm, again, I'm not. I'm not going to get really excited about the way he played last night. Yeah, um, you're in a mood not to get very excited about a lot, Chris. It would appear. <laughs> no, he did. He did well. He played well, um, but they were a poor side. Um, you know, there were signs last season that that it had hit really good form, and he's an intelligent footballer. It's all it's all about his fitness level, isn't it? Really, and if he gets his fitness levels up, I think the Celtic. I've got a really good player on their hands who will have a huge influence this season. He has a good relationship, a good understanding um, with Odson Edward, uh, and that's important. But I'd just like to see him be more consistent and perform at that level over a sustained period. Michael, one thing he does seem to do is add a good share of goals. Celtic have always had that great ability in recent seasons to spread the goals around. Again, it was the case on on Tuesday night against Reykjavik they, they managed to share the load and, and El Yunusi looks the type who if he can get a full uninterrupted season in terms of injury under his belt he could be what 10, 15, 20 a season man can you that, see him being as, as prolific as that? I do have you got, I have you got his list Mick? I think yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got it somewhere. Um, I think I think he's a shout for player of the year this year that's what I, I wrote at the start oh, of the season <laughs> seriously if you look at three, three or four years ago in. 
All right, I know. I said, I said before the season, he's my tip for player of the year. I think nothing I think wrong he's with a man be... putting his neck on the line. Chris. Nothing wrong with that. He scores a, a couple of goals against Reykjavik in the, in the first round qualifier. He's player of the season. No, hold on, sit on the fence like you, son. Hold on. Michael does not sit on the fence like hold you. Hold on. Chris. Let me let me qualify this. This is what I wrote before the season started. I was asked for a tip on who I think would be player of the season. I think it'd be Anusi. I think he's got all the tools. I think he was miles above that level last night. I think he, he looks he looked apart against all right part timers, but I think he's got all the tools to be a real key man this year. I think um, looking back, I think he brings the same kind of qualities that Scott Sinclair brought back in his, his first season at Celtic before he kind of um, kind of off the boil. Um, he can uh, he can go wide, he can he can cut in, he can I think he can provide goals, he can score goals. I think he's going to be a, a, a real if he stays fit, he's got to stay fit. Because um, they only got glimpses last season, but if I think he keeps a, 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 a clear run of path and fitness wise. I think he'll be um, huge for something this year. I think he'll be a top player. You've got cardboard cutouts of your television colleagues beside you, Chris, because you've certainly got that argumentative head on today. <laughs> no, that's modern modern journalism, isn't it? Modern journalism. <laughs> Myself and Michael wouldn't know what that is. I don't know. I don't think that's just modern journalists. <laughs> Gone early there, Mick. I like that though. Elianusi Player of the Year. Yeah, that's my tip for Player of the Year. Yep. Following that bold shout by Michael. Um, you, Michael, just you yourself touched on changes that Neil Lennon made defensively for the game. Um, I just wondered what you guys thought regarding the those changes and those alterations that were made because a lot was was made in the defending in the first two Premiership games. Uh, Christopher Ayer and Christopher Julian gave up chances to. Hamilton and Kilmarnock. Would you guys say that the choices made by Neil Lennon on Tuesday night were something of a warning shot across the bows of Chris Iyer, who was who was left out in place of Beaton? There's also talk of a new defender arriving at the club, or was it yeah. just a chance to get some game time into the legs of some boys who haven't played? I think uh, I don't think it was a warning shot to to Christopher Iyer at all. I think that it was just. Uh, near beat on getting getting game time as simple as that really. I think Celtic do need another centre half in. I mean there's this this link with um with Shane Duffy, who I do think would be uh, a good signing for Celtic if that does happen. Uh he's a defender who really loves defending. And that seems to be a dying art in the modern game. Is that an old style? Can, is that an old style can, defender? Someone if, that if defends, I, Chris? I yeah, that, and that's. <laughs> uh, I, I think in many respects, that's what um, Celtic have missed. Someone who loves uh, attacking the ball, heading the ball, and yeah, I, I do think Celtic. And this, this is this is only an early observation. I may have gone too early. After I often do, but I do think Celtic. Um, from cross balls may have issues this season. I thought. I just wondered last night whether El Hamid who I like very, very much. I actually think he played very, very well last season. The issue with him is keeping him fit, and I think that's something that Neil will will certainly be monitoring. But uh, I, I, every time he's put on a, a, a Celtic jersey, I, I, I do think he's performed very, very well defensively. He, he's good. Is he as good as Frimpong going forward? Maybe not, but, I, but he's not bad as well. You know, I think he's okay. Uh, going forward, uh, and I think Neil was was maybe thinking about set pieces last night and and size and and El Hamid uh, has that physicality as well, doesn't he? But it's it's an area which certainly you know going into next week's qualifiers and beyond if 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 that happens, which uh, which I think Celtic have a vulnerability from and. Uh, 
uh, cross balls and corners. I still don't like the setup from corners. It's it's man for man, nobody on the post, and that does worry me. You know, you're very reliant on on individuals uh, and and those individual duels players winning the first ball. And I don't know whether Celtic have enough good players aerially to to defend as strongly as they should from set pieces. Michael, modern fullbacks like to get forward. <laughs> yeah, the right back crossing for the left back to score against Reykjavik. But as Chris says, does that exploit some openings or does that leave openings at the back for other teams to exploit, I should say? Um, and is that just the way Celtic are going to play regardless of who plays at fullback, whether, whether it is Frimpong or Elhamed or, or Taylor? Is that just the way that, that they line up? No, I think you can. I think it just depends on the opposition. I mean, I think you're not going to get hurt too badly by teams like Reykjavik. But uh, was that just the case on when, was that just the case on Wednesday night, Michael? That, that similar to the Hamilton match, for example, that yeah. Celtic had so much of the ball that the fullbacks just disappeared without real fear of what was going to happen if, if the ball yeah, was. Yeah, that's, that's what you'll get. But you've all you've got, you've got insurance policy. I mean, I mean, Scott Brown can sit deep as well and cover the cover his defence as well when he's can attack. So I think they've got they've got cover. I think what you might find in European games as the, as, the, as the run goes on. Um, Hopefully beyond this this next phase again, is that uh, I think El Hamid is, is is stronger defensively than Frimpong. I like Frimpong going forward. He's, he's dangerous. He's exciting. I think El Hamid has got a bit more steel um, at the back, so I think he'll be the, he'll be the kind of man for for especially these European games. Uh, I thought he was excellent last night. I know, like you say, he's put against nothing really, but I thought he was excellent. Um, I don't think I don't think the Ayer decision was a warning. I think it's just Neil Lennon has to have an insurance policy because he's only got two real centre halves just now. Um, Ayer, there's a lot of talk about having um, interested in clubs across Europe, so you don't know what's going to happen there. So he had to give Beaton game time. He's going to be the kind of backup centre back just now until one other comes in. Do so you he's suggesting game. he's going to sell Ayer? No, they, but you, they, never, they know, you never know, Chris. Well, you, you never know. But he would have to bring two in then, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't so think Ayer's ready, do you, Chris? No, I don't. I don't. I, I, he's nowhere near ready. Um, I, I think he's developed nicely. I think um, he's good when he's coming out with the ball from the back. I think he's very composed when he's stepping in. But I think actually defensively, uh, I think that, uh, that that there'll be players who relish playing against him. <clears throat> I think as we saw in European competition, um, especially last season, he gets too tight too early at times and you can roll him. He goes to ground too early. And I think he can have another year or two developing at Celtic. I don't. I mean, I've seen sort of figures of fifty million bandied around. I really, you know, that 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 is absolutely pie in the sky. He's a good player, but he is developing, and he still needs a lot of work to do. And he, you know, he's better off staying at Celtic for another season at least to 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 develop and. Uh, and then maybe, maybe he'll move on. But the but the centre half area at you know this moment in time is a is a worrying area for Celtic. I think Neil's talked about um, uh, Julian being a, a a slow starter. But you know Celtic can't afford slow starts and to switch off, especially in these Champions League you know, qualifying games. So that's an area where. You know, Celtic have really got to got to knuckle down and, uh, and 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 be concentrated with these games coming up. Michael, one hour for the captain Scott Brown, and then taken off, put back into the bubble wrap, and some game time for Olivier and Cham. Would you think that would be something that would happen more and more this season? 
Um, or do you even think there may be a situation with the, the sheer volume of games and, and the regularity in which they will come, that there will be more games that Scott Brown does not start this season? Or do you think he will be, if uh, always there, but Neil Lennon will just try and, and get him off if games are won, as was well, the case on Tuesday? I, I think I think Scott Brown still remains one of the first names in the team sheet for Celtic. I think he's such an important personality and player in that team. But Scott turned 35 in June. So at, at some point, we keep every, every year for the last three or four years, I've said this, this is the season when Scott Brown starts to wind down and plays less games and then he plays 50 games. So who knows? Because Scott Brown seems to defy kind of logic sometimes. But I thought I thought the cameo from, from Cham was, was excellent last night. I thought he... he, he the game had died his death, a die of death, and he came on. and I think he actually kind of energised it again and brought a, a second kind of wave of intensity. Got the late goals. I thought he was brilliant. And Cham's a guy. I think I don't, he's a frustrating kind of character. He's got everything to make him a, a really top player. Has the odd bad game here and there, but I think he could do a run of games. But then where do you fit him in? Is it I mean Brown and, and, and McGregor are, are nailed those down those kind of roles? Um, I think he's he's better slightly deeper, so I don't think he's going to take. I, I don't think I think Christie and and Rogic when he gets fully fit as well ahead of him in that kind of area. He so played I, him as a ten though, Mick, didn't he? I know, but I think I think I like him slightly deeper. Mm. Um, uh, I like him as a as an eight or a six. I don't know. I just think I think he's I think he's. he's, he's, he's a lot he's, of footballers like him as a twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's strong he's, he's, he's great on the ball he's, he's, he can pick a pass he can score a goal he likes, he likes a kind of rose-ed um, effort from 30 yards right enough now and again um, so but yeah you take that off take that off with the smooth but, um, I think he's got a problem with him hasn't he um, yeah and, and, and a nice problem and I think that uh, Neil has to keep and Sham happy because I think he would be a massive massive loss if he was to leave it's a very tricky situation, Chris, isn't yeah, it? Because to speak to Olivier and Cham, he has to say to him, you're going to get game time, but then yes. he's not going to turn around and say, you're going to start in place of Scott Brown. So it's um, going to be a tough one. And I think you nailed it there when you said that he has to get game time. And uh, But it's it's a balancing act, which you know I do think can be done. I think he's such an important player. And I think Neil should be giving him, should be thinking about giving him more game time. And, you know, um, Mick mentioned the other names, McGregor and and Christie in there and Scott Brown. Yeah, of course, good players. And at this moment in time, they're they're the first names in that area on the team sheet. But for Celtic to compete on all fronts this season, they will need to rotate. And uh, and I think and Sham is is more than a good replacement. I think he's a he's an outstanding player. And if Celtic lost him now, I think that would be a huge, huge mistake on their part. But and Sham will be saying to Neil Lennon, "Well, you want me to stay? You're going to have to give me more minutes than you than you're giving me." It's a it's a sort of nice headache, but it would be a huge mistake to lose and Sham. You like that modern phrase, game time, don't you, Chris? Used it a lot. <laughs> I think you're, we used being... to call it. I think we used to call it game time thirty years ago. <laughs> Talking of game time, the next game time for Celtic in the Scottish Premiership is Saturday night at Tannadice. Rangers slipped up at Livingston last weekend, which negated the artificial pitch draw that Celtic had at Kilmarnock the weekend previous to that. So, in terms of the league title race and and, and points which have been dropped to. Uh, 
both of the old firm teams are now back on a level playing field. Michael, Dundee United have started the season reasonably well under Mickey Mellon. A um, couple of good wins already uh, on the road. What would you expect from the game on Saturday? I think it'd be pretty tricky. I think it'd be um, a difficult one for, for Celtic. I think United have, have, have looked really well organised. Um, pretty pretty good defensively so far this season. Um, I, I think I think Mickey um, Mellon looks to the road he's doing up there. Um, they've got some guys, the guys in that team that are, are tied and tested. They're not, maybe not, not flashy, but they know what they're doing. Um, so I think it'll be a pretty tricky game. I think it, I think it's one of those ones that the longer it goes on, can become harder as it goes on. They don't get early early goal, obviously set up with the nerves and, and make it pretty straightforward. But I think I think it could be a, a test. I think they they're going to be all right this season. I think they're going to be pushing up towards the top six. So but it's, it's a tricky game. Um, they need to be on their metal this one, I think. Chris Mickey Mellon's built up a reputation from his time in England has been supremely well organised, very good tactically. Um, he will no doubt have Dundee United well drilled and probably took some notes from the Celtic game at Rugby Park on the best way to try and frustrate Celtic and keep them in. Would you expect Dundee United to try and be tight on Saturday? Yeah, but he can't, he can't uh, get a plastic pitch laid, can he? Uh, and is that the, is that the thing, Chris? Because Rangers, um, excuse me, Celtic can play at a, a, faster, a faster speed, a faster pace. Yeah, I, bogged down. Yeah, I think so. And... Uh, because I was going I to think, say, like Rangers suffered with that at Livingston as well. Yeah, I hate plastic pitches, and uh, you know, naturally, it's and people can say, well, they're the same for both sides, of course, they are, but it doesn't help the likes of, of Celtic and Rangers who you know like to get the ball down and, and have pace with their passing. Um, you know, they're a terrible, terrible watch. I've never seen a good game on a plastic pitch. Never ever seen a good game of football on a plastic pitch. And we know you know why the likes of Livingston and Kilmarnock don't walk to them against Celtic and Rangers. Why should they in many respects? But it doesn't make a very good spectacle, does it? I think it's did a, you, a, a, go on. Did you play on Luton's plastic pitch in nineteen seventy four? Do you know what I did? I did, and they they were even worse then because the that they were, I mean, you couldn't actually play football on them. The ball had just run out of play, and if you fell over, you get third degree burns, which I did on my like really bad burns on elbows and knees. It was horrific. I just, I'm just not a big fan of them now. I think that they stifle football. I understand why the clubs have them, and you know they can generate uh, bring money into the football clubs, but. You know, we we have to say it. They're not good for the look of the Scottish Premiership at all. They just really don't buy into the aren't. theory they should be ripped up, Chris. Yes, I do. Scotland's top I, I do. I, I, I really do. Um, because, you know, top. you were talking about top flight football here. And I don't know whether you guys agree with me, but and you've seen far more football up there than, than I have. But when have you ever seen a, a come away from a game on a plastic pitch and thought, wow. That was something special. It's it's not the same. You want to get a plastic wicket and cricket, would you, Chris? Well, you do get um, you do get the all weather wickets, but not not serious cricket isn't played on them. <laughs> Michael, would you would you agree with Chris you on know that? that? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm no fan of these these pitches either. I mean, I, I must admit, I totally agree with Chris. They're not for me. Um, I think, and also, I, I'm not sure. That, not, I've not got notes in front of me, but the, the pitches, these pitches seem to be smaller as well. I don't know if it's Kelly and, and Livingston have, and Hamilton have got smaller pitches as well, which is another problem. A small, a small plastic pitch is just 
the games, forget about it, forget about playing football on it. Uh, it's a slog fest for the 90 minutes um, to try to get through it. But no, I don't I don't fancy them at all. They're, they're one step up from the old red blaze pitches we had in Glasgow, sorry, that Chris will not know about. Which was, um, if you think Luton's pitch was bad, Chris, these things were outlawed by the UN. <laughs> we grew up in Scotland. Yeah. It was um, it was it was concrete ground into kind of dust um, parts in Glasgow. My God, I take a sheet of skin off you in the first time. I you used to play, I used to play in a park in in uh, in, in Blantyre where it was black ash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black ash. Wow. Black ash. And bro- black ash. A- black ash and broken glass. <laughs> we just had I mean, we just had we just had village greens down here where we used to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different, yeah. Different world, just different world. Um, <laughs> the main streets, just just on the plastic pitches. It's okay for guys of your age to have a waddle around on a Tuesday and Thursday night and lose a couple of pounds. Thanks but, for that. You know, we, we're not 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 top flight football. Come on. If only I could lose a few pounds, Swanny. You <laughs> think you play a game that lasted for two weeks, Max? <laughs> um, on a serious note, and this is always serious, this podcast, um, will Celtic get the job done at Tannadice on Saturday, lads? I, I expect so. Um this is the grind is on now with the games. You know we know what's happened with Bolingoli. That's that that that's gone now. But Celtic are going to go through such a, uh, an intense spell now. The game's coming thick and fast, and they've got to to really be focused. Which is why I do think that uh, that Neil Lennon will be rotating the squad at times. You expect Frimpong to come back in, I to come back in at the weekend, and to to keep his his real big guns. The likes of Edward, the likes of uh, of Julian, really fit and fresh, and and that's going to be a, a difficult balance because of, you know, you're going to get some. Nobody knows what's going to happen if Celtic get through the the next qualifying round, which is not a gimme as this first one was, and then you know they could get some really difficult teams in the final two rounds. So it's important that the that the, the, the key men, the star men are are fit and ready to go for those games. Because the final rounds, if Celtic get that are that's two legs, isn't it? Yes. Three rounds of single legs and, and the and the yeah. final one. And of course we don't know whether Celtic are home or or away in the in the third qualifying round yet, as far as I'm aware. No Michael's told us that the told us on the podcast last week that Celtic will be at home in the third qualifying round. <laughs> no, no, round. It, dep- it depends it depends on what country's involved. It's the uh, so the, the, the fix will be in depending on the countries involved <laughs> <laughs> Michael uh, Celtic victory at Tannadice I think so I think it's important I think I think Neil Lennon will be saying he's squad I think there's two uh, three games um, to, to international break two domestic games um, United then, then Mullow at Celtic Park I think it's um, I think I think they'll need these two wins uh, I don't think you'll see much of the kind of um, of a jetty and these guys until after the international break maybe there'll be cameo here and there um, but it's a yeti. It's a yeti, sorry, sorry. Uh, yes. Should have um, asked you boys about him on on a, a Tuesday night. We didn't see an awful lot. Too early to tell. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why right. we didn't talk about. But it. you can't. I mean, you know, what did he come on for? Twenty minutes. We can't. We can't actually judge him on that twenty minutes. Did he look sharp? No. Is it difficult to to come on? Has he played a lot of football? No. So let's just give him time. 
Yeah, it's just a case of getting some. Yeah, game this time, is, this Chris, wasn't it? Game time. This is a guy. This is a guy lying in the beach in Sardinia two um, two weeks ago, a week ago. Yeah, but this time. But after international break, we'll see him. I think. Well, you won't have to wait that long to hear Michael and Chris again because they'll be back next week to discuss everything oh. that happened at Tanadice and next week's European tie will also be discussed as Celtic attempt to get to the third qualifying round which Michael has informed us due to UEFA will be at home thanks for listening Chris, Michael thanks Thank for you. your time I don't want to hear I don't want to hear any of that modern shit next week <laughs> okay <laughs> oh I think it's been well and truly beaten cricket. out of us Chris or cricket or cricket <laughs> We'll pick something else to talk about next week. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck. <laughs>